Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month we're discussing book 35, Wintersmith. Oh, we're almost done. We're very close to being done. There are six books in the main series. Mm-hmm. After this, there's a, like, I think a couple of Terry Pratchett non-Discworld books we'll be covering after that, but... Yeah, we're very nearly finished. This it was is... weird. I was looking at the the list of books, and I was like, holy shit, this is almost finished. Yeah. And then we... what are we going to do? Uh, I don't know. Something else? Oh, God. I have lives. I already have one of those. Oh, yeah. Um, This is book three of five of yes. the Tiffany Aching series, Um, so we're sort of smack in the middle. Uh, Why don't you tell the people what happened in this book? Tiffany makes out with winter. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yep. Not... Not entirely. That's what it's all about. She doesn't really make out with him. She does at the end. That's my quote. Not really. But okay, fair enough. But that's what this book is all about. It's about, it's a very coming of age puberty story for Tiffany. Oh, it absolutely is that. Mm -hmm. She turns 13 in this book and boy does it feel like this book is about a 13 year old girl. And I mean that in all the best ways. That's not a... That's not a dig at all. And she still remains Tiffany. She still remains the character that we have loved this whole time. But some of, like, some things come out. I think, I've read this book a couple of times Mm -hmm. before, and I think this was my least favorite Tiffany book Mm -hmm. because the main inciting incident, which we'll get into Mm -hmm. presently, I feel like that's the first big thing we should talk about, felt so out of character to me. Mm -hmm. And now I understand, oh, it's... Because she's becoming this different person. Mm -hmm. Child Tiffany wouldn't have done that. Uh, Struggling with adulthood, not quite there yet, Mm -hmm. Tiffany would. Yeah. So I get it now. But the first couple of times, there's that. And there's the fact that Terry Pratchett, for the first time in 35 books, starts in media res and then backs up and tells us what happened. That's weird. Now, that's a very common device that many authors use and it doesn't throw me in other books it's just this series has never they've always been linear yeah this book is in the traveling now like we start yeah. at the beginning we yeah, follow the it eternal through. present yeah but the, yeah it was weird the first time i read it it was weird to me too yeah because we start in like right before the third act right and then we back up to find out how we got there and again and uh, in the audiobook there's weird music just sort of peppered throughout well i think the original version that came on cds uh had music at the beginning of each cd and i think when it was transferred to sort of a one continuous audiobook it just feels random but it's about once an hour yeah but it we just sort of be getting into the like do 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 and it was really like it's tinny like it's a high mm, sound no that's just because it's a it's a mp3 that mm-hmm. was crunched down like crazy mm. but it's that Hurts didn't bother my me. ears it, it sounds like bee knives oh mm, no no, that doesn't bother me. What bothered me was just how tonally, like, tone deaf it was. Because mm-hmm. Tiffany, like, it was like sort of fairy tale music. Mm-hmm. And yes, technically she's been pulled into a bit of a fairy tale, but that's not what the story is at all. And it would happen at the end of stuff that was pretty rough. Yeah. And, like, emotionally impactful. And then, deedly deedly dee, yeah. buzz, buzz, stab. <laughs> We're we're watching this character grow up, and yeah. as that happens, she's she's dealt with some rough shit from mm-hmm. day one. Like, the whole first book was her at age what eleven, yeah, dealing with her grandmother being dead and the 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 horrors of fairyland and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, she's always dealt with that stuff, but it's getting more. 
So the inciting incident that I was talking yes. about. Terry Pratchett has this huge axe to grind with Morris dancing. Yes. Which I do not know what it is outside of Discworld books, but it comes up in about 10 of them. So I know it because the PBS station that I got, which was how I got like Red Dwarf and Doctor Who and mm-hmm. um, Blackadder and all that, had a bunch of Englishy English stuff. And so I knew what it was from that. It's like a May Day yeah. dance. It's like to bring in the, the spring, bring in the yeah. summer. And I, I got it from context and I got it. And he explains what it is. Yes, and the there's book. author's notes yeah. at the ends to clarify even further. And I got it. But it's just in the book, they like it feels like I'm supposed to know what it is, and that kind of threw me the first time mm-hmm. too. And then all of the stuff about the wintersmith, like the mm-hmm. the personification of winter mm-hmm. chasing away the personification of summer. Like I'd never heard of any of that either. I'm not big. I didn't study mythology. Like we never got it in school. I was never particularly interested in it, so I just don't know this stuff. Yeah, and in my I got that in preschool going on mm-hmm. with all of the myths and we all never of that learned business. that stuff. I, I feel it left out. Weird. I know it does. Yeah, but uh, how do you know? Th- like pop culture osmosis yeah it just seems like that's a touchstone in literature i know not just in this but in literature overall i miss a lot of things but uh, that said i picked up on it mostly i just i wasn't vibing with it early on this time i was this time i really enjoyed it and again he explains all this stuff so if you don't have the context you it's not like you it's not like he doesn't give you the information no but but you don't emotionally connect to it and we're at this morris dance i'm like I don't even know what this is apart from being the butt of a joke mm-hmm. in seriously eight other Discworld mm-hmm. books. And she feels compelled to jump into the dance. And I'm like, first of all, that doesn't feel like Tiffany. Second of all, I can't picture what's happening because I've never seen one of these. So the whole book is sort of constructed on this thing that I don't understand for a bunch of reasons. And I, again, I get it now. but I always liked that she felt like she had to go into the dance because the whole thing about the dance is it's the changing of the seasons it's ice and fire like all that kind of stuff and tiffany is and always has been so connected to the land Mm -hmm. like that's her main thing like her connection to the chalk is one of the things that makes her her right and so it kind of made sense to me that she felt this connection to the changing of the seasons like but she's up in the mountains for this this isn't at the chalk it doesn't matter it's it's still tiffany is connected to the land and so things that are sort of like land-based feel like they would work stronger on her than someone who is less so oh i didn't see it that way at all tiffany has like literally been the land yeah in previous books and so it feels like something like that would draw her more and she already was an anthropomorphic representation of the chalk so her come like you know how grebo once he became a person yeah it was easier for him to become a person again i sort of felt and this wasn't textual like nowhere no all of this this. is is interesting insight but i did not i did not pick up on any of this and it's not in the book it's just sort of what i thought reading it was like okay yes no and i don't think you're out on a crazy limb i just didn't I didn't see that. Yeah, it affects her more strongly because she is so deeply connected to the land. Sure. And uh, she's already kind of been something like this before. Huh. No, I just saw it, and and I'm being crazy reductive here, but I saw it as her being a silly, horny girl. Oh, well, there's also that. Also right. being, like, she is at an age where, you know, she's a little, like... Yeah. Puberty. Puberty. I mean, and it hits us all like a fucking brick. She talks about how um, 
her like she's kind of interested in Roland like they have sort of a flirtation I love all of the Roland stuff mm-hmm. because he writes her letters mm-hmm. and when he writes her letters that involve another girl she gets so mad mm-hmm. but also anytime any of the other witches are like oh your little your man your, yeah, your, your boyfriend. boyfriend he's not my boyfriend it's yeah the, the complicated no mom yeah, but yeah. she also gets so mad mm-hmm. when he might be seeing someone else. It's all very good. But a lot of her connection with him, and this comes up a lot more in later books, is that neither of them can really connect with any other people their own age right. in like in the chalk because mm-hmm. they're both sort of separate He because he's like the Lord's kid right. and because she's a witch. So she's got this sort of flirtation with Roland, but she's also got sort of a romance with the wintersmith as well Mm -hmm. um because again he's someone that's outside of things just like she is so she jumps into the dance Mm -hmm. and because she displaced the summer summer, Mm -hmm. that means winter comes on way worse and isn't going to go away right and because she can't stop the winter the way summer can right and so he as a as an anthropomorphic personification mm-hmm. wants to be more human to catch her attention and everyone's talking about how horrible all of this mm-hmm. is all of the things that he's causing mm-hmm. and tiffany's out loud agreeing but in her head she's thinking this is kind of cool it's a little cool like he's making snowflakes that look like me and he's like and she doesn't want people to get hurt by it no but i love but, the double-edged yeah. like she's she's a little into it it makes her feel special and it's the same with the roland thing. yeah it's the same like we're not dating, but also, I don't want you to look at anyone else. Yeah. Like, it's the same kind but of... But you're not dating me. It's it's selfish, and it's unreasonable, mm-hmm. and I think she knows that because she's mm-hmm. got so many... She's got her first, second, and third thoughts. She's got all these different layers of ways of looking at things, but she still thinks it, and Just I like Just because that. you have self-awareness doesn't mean you always make the right choices or that you you're the first thing you think is the right thing. Oh, no. In fact, having self-awareness often just makes you hate yourself more because you realize how many stupid things you do all the time. Or lets you justify the stupid things you were doing. True. Or you can use your second thoughts to be like, oh, no, 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 that makes sense. Right. No, 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 I had to do this thing that I just sort of, like, viscerally wanted to do. Right. Um, So we get uh, her newest mentor in each book we get like a different old witch that that she's sort of studying under and in this one is miss treason oh she's so good miss treason is my good thing there are so many great things about this character she's 111 years old Mm -hmm. and she's been around for so long that the like her death comes in this book and because she's a witch she knows her death is coming Mm -hmm. and the villagers that she's served for all this time don't understand they're like there is no world but, without her. She was here for my parents and my grandparents and their parents. But she's 111. She can't die. Right. <laughs> it's it's so, like, it's they can't. And so there's that. There's her. She's got all these different stories about herself, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a second. Uh, she's so old that she calls Granny the girl Weatherwax, yep. which is amazing. So funny. She uses borrowing in a way that we've never seen before. Because she's this, blind. Yeah, yeah. Blind and deaf. And deaf, yeah. We've had this ability that witches have on the disc since, like, book three that is still being used in new and interesting and creative ways. So this woman who is missing two of her senses borrows whatever creature is at hand, sometimes a person, sometimes a sometimes mouse. Sometimes her apprentice. Right. Much to her apprentice's chagrin. Yep. To see and hear for her. And... It's so interesting. It's such a, like, I love how 
he continues to build this world out of pieces he's already left Mm -hmm. without having to say, oh, also witches can do this. No, it's like, you saw Granny do this way back in Equal Rights, and now here's a new thing that someone used it for that I never thought of before. It was really cool. I like that a lot. And her main thing is Bafo, Mm -hmm. which... So she's got all these affectations. She's got all these she's got creepy, skulls. witchy things, elaborate uh, cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, she has a demon in her mm-hmm. cellar, like all this stuff. And it turns out there's a novelty shop in Ankhmore Pork that she orders this stuff yes. from. She's got fake skulls and a machine that makes the, the cobwebs mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. It's great because no one can see the spiders. So everyone says that she eats spiders. Right. But what it really is is... She makes it because she doesn't want spiders around. Right. Yeah. And it's all just so, like, what I like about it, and the book brings it up time and again, Bafo as a concept, mm-hmm. as a, as a once Tiffany figures it out, and she does figure it out because she's incredibly clever, is uh, that sort of now represents the idea. What I love is uh, Granny, if she heard about a witch, even mm-hmm. this old respected witch, who ordered her stuff from a catalog, she probably would like, ugh, that's not how witches work. Well, Granny actually says she doesn't hold with skulls and all that, not fake ones anyway, because she knows. Right. Granny says that uh, mistreasons uh, would be a hard act, I mean life, to follow. Right. But what I like is, despite all that, she, she really embodies what Granny's always been about. It's the power of stories. It's handing someone sugar water mm-hmm. and saying it's a potion placebo root right yeah or aqua vitae yeah like all of that and it's the same thing we've seen with witches from day one nanny does it mm-hmm. even magrat did it a bit like they all do it this is how you get respect this is you the, trick people the whole idea of the pointy hat yeah like giving power and there's a lot of that in this one yeah. not just with her that it's very well embodied in her uh, Miss Tick shows up again. She's got a great bit where uh, she's written this book about like how to hunt witches, mm-hmm. specifically to protect herself, and she's distributed yeah, to, it to all the places. How to hunt witches for stupid people. Yeah, and it's like, uh, make them a nice breakfast. Mm-hmm. Put them in a bag w- that's only tied this way for a knot that she knows how to untie, mm-hmm. and so on and so put on. Silver, s- put silver pieces in their boots uh-huh. to stop them from... evil Uh uh-huh now she's got some silver pieces Uh that are worth money so make sure you give them a chocolate biscuit right and that's all great and it's every witch we've ever met works in some capacity like this yeah it's a lot of trickery and headology yes yeah and what they really do is get their hands dirty and help people and what i love is we get into so miss treason dies Mm -hmm. uh there's a whole thing about who's going to take over her cottage now and and Mrs. Earwig uh, mm-hmm. wants Anagramma to do it because she's the oldest and she's right. uh, Mrs. Earwig's um, first pupil. Yeah. And Granny wants to show that Mrs. Earwig is a bad teacher. Yeah. Um, so she puts Tiffany forward. Knowing full well. That Tiffany won't because she's too young. Yeah. Um, and Tiffany knows that. She doesn't, She one, Tiffany doesn't want this cottage because no. she's going to go back to the chalk. That's always what she was going to do. Right. But also she's 13 and there's no possible way she could step in. And Yeah. And she says, it doesn't matter how good a witch you are. There are things that people will not tell you because you are 13. Right. And Anagramma, because she's been trained in mm-hmm. all of this, like they know wizard magic. Yeah. 
Like fireballs and stuff. Yeah, but nothing to help people. And when mm-hmm. she's put down in the dirt and have, has to help farmers settle disputes and, and deliver she babies. Know, yeah, and... she doesn't know how to deliver a baby. Uh, Mrs. Earwig says that peasant folk wisdom will just make the baby right. get delivered and it's like, fine. But this is what being a witch is. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. She doesn't know how to to like uh, sit up with a corpse, right? And Granny's better at that, mm-hmm. and Nanny's better at delivering babies. But in a pinch, either of them could do right. the other thing because that's witching. They just know who's good at the best things. But and it's it's great because, as you say, Granny sort of engineers this mm-hmm. uh, demonstration of why. Mrs. Earwig's uh, methods would fail. But even better, she knows, because she knows Tiffany, she knows Tiffany is going to help Anagramma. So Mm -hmm. Tiffany gets all of the other witches, like the other young witches, to help Anagramma learn how to be a proper witch. Mm -hmm. Um, And so nobody gets hurt. Anagramma takes over. But everybody knows that she had to be helped because Mrs. Earwig was a terrible teacher. Mm -hmm. So that's, so Granny wins and nobody gets hurt. Right. And Tiffany has to do all this extra work. Mm-hmm. But she does. Yeah, of course she does. And there's, she steps up. And she su- gets all the other girls to help, too. Oh, my God. There's such a good part where Tiffany's talking to Anagramma, and she and she Anagramma sort of breaks down and says, like, I don't know how to do this stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, I do need help. And she, and she I, But I, I didn't want to ask the other witches because I didn't think any of them were my friends, which was sort of sad. And then smash cut to Petulia, the pig witch, saying, I don't really like her and I don't want to help, yeah. but I'll do it because you're asking me to, Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany, you're my friend. Yeah, because Anagram has been a dick to all these guys. Like, they don't yeah. like her because she's mean. And she continues to be. Like, after they help her, yeah. the story ends up being, oh, all of those other witches came to learn from me. Right, which is what all of the which is what all the villagers oh, think. I hate her so much. Mm-hmm. She's a very well like well written, hateable character. I feel like Terry Pratchett must have gotten at school stuck in a lot of group projects yeah. where he's the only one that did all the work because he writes a character like that so well. The characters who don't do the work and our protagonist has to carry them. But oh. Anagramma also isn't like a one dimensional hateable character either mm. because there's a moment where she's, she's more than one dimensional, yeah. but I still hate her. Yeah, but she's not just she's not just a villain. Like no, she's just, not a villain at all. Just she's like a bit of an antagonist. She but. is an antagonist, but when Tiffany's in danger, Anagramma like oh, yeah. comes in and like is very brave and stands up to the Wintersmith to get her out of there. That is true. Like and she, she uses her proper wizard yeah. magic to to you know yeah, and a, she ends up like taking to the Bafo thing very well. Yeah. She's like, oh, I can cover the fact that I don't know what I'm doing with all of this trickery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can okay. Okay. This. And, yeah. and quickly, you guys will teach me how, but in the meantime, no one will ever know because I'll have these masks and all this bullshit. Yeah. And Tiffany says that, you know, Anagramma will become a good witch because yeah. she's smart yeah. and she has a loud voice mm-hmm. and is good at bossing people around. And that's an important part of being a witch yeah. too. I mean, that's, like, Granny's got that down. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. We have a, um, Tiffany brings a gift to Oh, yes. Granny. Uh, they, this is, um, sort of building on the whole idea of witches kind of going to the bad and cackling. Mm-hmm. This idea of, uh, visiting other witches, going visiting. Uh, yes. Because you, you There's don't. There's an excellent passage yeah, about that. You, you don't do it because you want to go have a cup of, like, you don't, like, fly three hours away because you want to go have a cup of tea and a ketchup with someone. You do it because witches have to watch other witches to make sure that they don't start going weird. Mm-hmm. Um, also, 
witches spend so much time helping people who are doing stupid things, it's important that they know that there's other people in the world who are doing the same things as them, that they're not right. alone, and that somebody's got an eye on you. It's it's a nice, it doesn't feel like a retcon exactly, but it's a nice no. way to explain how this world works because for the longest time, he's like, witches sort of operate independently. But they, they also the do bad. Around them. <laughs> they also do bad when they're by themselves right. too much. But but I've always, I never really understood the idea of a coven in the sense of like, he tried to make Granny, Nanny, and Magret mm-hmm. that for a long time. And I, I mean, I get it. But on the other hand, if these witches, if there's this whole informal sort of bureaucracy mm-hmm. with Miss Tick finding new ones mm-hmm. and various senior witches taking on apprentices and then cottages being like, there's there's clearly a whole system here. Yeah, and Granny's then, the, the king of the witches that they nobody, don't have. Yeah, nobody says that they have a, a leader, but she's clearly mm-hmm. a leader. Like, it's interesting to me that that can be reconciled with the fact that they're all supposed to operate independently in their own village or whatever. Like there's there, there can be both. And that's sort of the bridge that brings them together. I but like that. Tiffany's going to visit granny mm-hmm. and, um, granny is always testing Tiffany because Tiffany is strong and granny sees that. So mm-hmm. she's always just poking at her and poking at her yeah. and poking at her. So Tiffany said, like Tiffany says, well, you're going to test me. So I'm going to test you. Mm-hmm. And she brings, uh, granny like a cute adorable white kitten mm-hmm. that goes meep mm-hmm. that's so good yes it's very cute and uh, granny names the kitten well doesn't really name it mm-hmm. just keeps calling it you mm-hmm. you get over here mm-hmm. and to the point where the book starts addressing it as capital Y you yes. is the name of the cat and of course uh, like she starts by leaving the cat outside but as soon as Tiffany leaves she brings like the door just opens sort of magically uh-huh. by itself and it wasn't granny and the cat comes in yeah. and then later on it turns out that her hat is meeping and it's because you is inside the hat yes it's very good and the cat will stick around for the for the yeah. remaining appearances and something very sort of wistful and sad mm-hmm. happens and yeah. Also, the cat kicks the kicks the ever loving shit out of Grebo, and Grebo lets him or her. Yeah, her. Because her. Yeah. Which is a nice his great way of weaving together mm-hmm. themes, because this whole book is you know about that awkward puberty thing mm-hmm. and about like women and men and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And most of it, ninety five percent of it, is great. There's one aspect of it mm-hmm. that comes up via the Feagles. Yep. That I don't love, and that's. There's a there's a long passage mm-hmm. and then it comes up again about so we've talked about this before they 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 work on sort of Smurf rules there's right. one there's one woman in the whole clan only she's the leader so Papa Smurf is actually Smurfette but otherwise you know the same um, and there's a lot of talk about the pursing of the lips mm-hmm. and the tapping of the feet and the like you know all that horrible wife stuff yeah there's a uh, Rob the like the, the leader the, the leader of yeah. the Eagles. Um, says that he has the knowing of the husbandry, which mm. is actually, that's actually not a bad term because, you know, animal husbandry. Right. Actually, like, that's not so bad. Um, but what he means is explaining why they've been out drinking and fighting to the wife because, you know, the old ball and chain and yeah. so on. Boof. And then Tiffany gets mad at them for something and they're like, oh no, the pursing of the lips and the tapping of the feet. And like, I did not care for it. No. I- I'm honestly, this... The Feagles in this weren't all bad. There were a few. There's a lot of good stuff with the Feagles for me. This is the book where I'm just over it. I just wish they weren't 
I wish they weren't in this. Mm, um, if you take that stuff out, I really like them still. I, I'm just, it's a lot of repetitive jokes. There's a bunch of daft Willie stuff in this. Yeah, and, I don't like that. And then we've got the horrible wife stuff. And there, there's some stuff later on where they talk about the nature of heroism. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, Granny says she needs a hero to go rescue the real summer lady and bring her up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rob says that he'll do it. He's a hero. And so are everyone, yeah. all the Feagles are heroes. We'll mm-hmm. just do it. And Granny says, well, no you're not a hero for doing it because you don't think any of this is scary. It doesn't matter. You have to yeah. have some, like the story demands someone. Willing to sacrifice yes. something. You guys just fight all the time and you protect Tiffany. Yeah. That's what you do. So they help Roland become mm-hmm. a hero. And I liked some of that stuff okay. But overall, if they had been out of the book, I would have preferred it. And that it, my exhaustion with them just gets worse from mm. here like this is the first book where it, it wasn't any one particular thing they're just in it too much there and was I, the one particular yeah. thing for me otherwise yeah. i disagree like i liked they um following on with that whole talk about uh sacrificing and doing things heroically right. it becomes sort of a joke that i mean a joke but not a joke it's actually sort of the last bit of the book mm-hmm. that it's heroic for them to read a whole book right because they're drunken fighting idiots and reading is hard for them and they didn't even like things being written down at first and they've sort of gradually progressed to the point where rob can read a little bit and he's like i will read a whole book because i'm a hero and And he reads it in front of his sons Mm -hmm. because he knows that he wants the next generation of feagles to to know how to read yeah Yeah. and i like i love all of that actually I i will say more than like i love all of that and there's a bit where they go into Hades or whatever mm-hmm. to, to rescue the, the summer lady. Mm-hmm. And death is the ferryman because that's that's the traditional yep. story. And death fucking hates them. And yep. I love all of that so much. They uh, Death wasn't going to let Roland leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, okay. I well, actually, well, I had okay. highlighted this yeah, bit. Then, let me, uh, then pull her on up. Yeah. But the ferryman was waiting. He raised a hand as Roland staggered toward the boat. That will be six pennies, he said. Six, said Roland. Ah, we wasn't a doing here more than two hours, and bang went sixpence, said Doft Willie. One one-day round trip, one one-way, said the ferryman. I don't have that much, Roland shouted. He was beginning to feel little tugs in his head now. Thoughts had to push hard to get as far as his mouth. Leave this to me, said Rob anybody. He turned down on his uh, fellow feagles and banged on Roland's helmet for silence. Okay, lads, we're not leaving. What, said the ferryman. Oh no, you leave. I'm not having you down here again. We're still finding bottles from the last time. Come on, get in the boat this minute. Crivens, we cannot do that, pal, said Rob anybody. We're under the geese to help this lad you can. And where he does not go, we dinner go. People are not supposed to want to stay here, snapped the ferryman. Ah, we'll soon have the old place jumping again, said Rob anybody, grinning. The ferryman drummed his fingers on the pole. They made a clicking sound like dice. Oh, all right then, but, and I want to be clear on this, there is to be no singing. There's actually a good bit in the audiobook where they're doing uh, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah, they're singing around. Yeah. And they edit the audiobook so that the narrator is singing over himself like around. Yeah, it's very except good. that they're all singing a different part of, like, not around where people are, you know, you start. Oh, no, one's going boaty, boaty, boat. Yep, and it, it's... <laughs> That it's bit in the good. audiobook is very there's, good. There's a lot of good Spiegel stuff. I just don't like that one thing. I'm just, like I say, that that's my bad thing is I feel like it's just, it's it's like a scale. Like there, there are just one 
too many fegals mm. and right. i just never really get over it there's good bits there's good bits in this there's good bits in the other books but i'm just mm-hmm. done with them i also think so let's talk about roland a little bit yes i feel like roland is never really realized s- yes yeah, yeah. serviced well as a character it's not his story it should not be more about him but the bits we get with him should be i should feel like i know this guy better and we got stuff with his aunts who are <laughs> like your sort of standard like wicked the, stepmothers the king is dying and mm-hmm. the prince isn't old enough to to inherit the land yet i mean in this case it's a baron not a king but you know what i mean and the aunts get to take over if the if their brother dies mm-hmm. before you know and so and they're stealing his mother's jewelry and yeah all that and, kind and of stuff. roland's basically in exile mm-hmm. and he knows what they're up to but he can't do anything about it and that's all fine but a lot of that seems to rely on us knowing this situation from other stories there's nothing here that really and gets us into that didn't see a, there wasn't a ton of connective tissue between this roland and the Roland we'd seen in the previous books. Right. Like, Roland in book one was just sort of like... A, a stupid kid that yeah. was stuck in fairyland, which made sense. And then in book two, we understood that he changed because he came back to reality. Right, and he was still not... Like, he hadn't, you know, completely reformed or anything, but right. he was a, a more thoughtful character. Yeah. But in this one, he's kind of a nerd, and... A little bit, yeah. I mean, the whole thing about the Feagles going to train him to be a hero yeah. is he... He understands the importance of a sword because it's always been important to right. his family, but he's never picked one up before. And I, I get all that. But, but that doesn't really follow for me because in the first two books, oh, he yeah. was riding around on a horse and like he was kind of like um, a spoiled bully, but he, but he had like a fencing master yeah, and all and that was, kind of stuff. He was like refined and he had like, yeah, yeah. like you say, all the training and all the like... You know, he had different teachers and things, and he should definitely have been, like, taught how that stuff works. And so in this, he's sort of a sheltered nerd Mm -hmm. who's read about all that kind of stuff. And, like, it works for the story, Mm -hmm. but I don't really... I didn't get to... I feel like this character doesn't follow from the other characters. No, but I felt like this through all of the books, really. Like, it's, it's the worst here. Yeah. But I don't really know Roland, and it's hard for me to be invested in Tiffany's relationship with him if I don't know who he is. And it's funny because Wentworth, Tiffany's brother, I feel like I know him mm. a lot better in this than mm. I did. I don't. He only appears in like two paragraphs that, in this. He's seven I mean. years old now. That's what I mean. Like in the first, the oh, first, in the first couple book, books, he was, he was just like yeah. a, a whining, yelling for sweeties. Yeah. And in this one, the few scenes we have with him, I feel sort of a connection to the character. Well, that's uh, just because you remember him from before. And Roland doesn't have that goodwill because he was nothing no, before. No, but Roland, uh, um, Wentworth had no goodwill from the previous books. He sucked. He was like an he annoying sucked, pain I, in I the ass. He sucked, but I found him very amusing. But Because Terry Pratchett writes a good comedy child. He does. But in this, we've got like a, a great scene where Roland's out fishing uh, mm-hmm. at the same pond where Jenny Greenteeth almost killed him. Yeah, the very like, first yeah. bit in the first book. And... Uh, he brings back a fish and it's like for him it's the biggest fish in the entire world yeah and with each telling it gets a little it bigger. gets a little bigger and tiffany like puts her thumb on the scale to make it seem mm-hmm. heavier than it is because she loves her little brother yeah and i and... like that her relationship to him is getting better too because mm-hmm. she used to just hate him yeah but now they're yeah they they sort of hang out a little bit and yeah so but i felt like wentworth had more sort of emotional impact than Roland does. And I Roland guess, yeah. had a good chunk. Like I forgot like, about the fishing, yeah, but you're right. This wasn't much, like, 
we didn't spend much time with Wentworth, but I felt an emotional attachment to the character. Whereas with Roland, we did spend, like, it's not his book, but no. we spent a couple of chapters with him. No, and... the whole third act kind of hinges yeah. on his actions. Like, Tiffany, and not in a way that I think takes away anything from no. her, but she steps aside to let him do his thing, like, narratively. Yeah. And I don't, like, those he parts had to were... go on. He had to go on a fetch quest. Right. So that she could do her main thing. Right. And that part was the least interesting part of the book to me, I yeah. would say. Which is unfortunate. Um, but Tiffany, like I said, is has a better relationship with her brother now. Mm-hmm. She's not as like we pointed this out in the first book about how sort of callous she was and how she sort of like saved her brother because she was supposed to but didn't really want to. This is actually my good. That's thing. what I'm trying yeah. to segue into here. Yes, is like she's starting to become less cynical and less, mm-hmm. which usually isn't the way when as you get older. Like she should have like. I'm glad he did it this mm-hmm. way, but typically she'd be a star-eyed, like, idealist little girl yep. who grew up into a hard woman, and instead, she's softening a little as she gets older, as she learns more, and she's not losing any no, the power thing is, or agency. She's... she's just becoming more human. Yeah, no, know? she's still strong. She is, like, this mm-hmm. is the strongest she's ever been, but this is also sort of the most human and flawed she's well, ever been. I, I, I wrote this down. For the last two books, I like Tiffany Aiken, mm-hmm. but... She was basically a flawless, gifted child. Right. She was basically, she's great at everything, and the couple of things she's not great at, she knows people who can help her, and everything is great for this girl who is always going to be great. And it's like, okay, I read Harry Potter, what else? And now she's got some flaws, and it's like, okay, good, good. this also, as, you know, this is also kind of the story of someone who is really, really good at stuff, like that sort of gifted child program thing, where when you stop, being the gifted child and you start becoming an an adult where you're no longer yeah what do you do yeah you're, you're not special anymore yeah you're not special and you are nobody cares that you're smarter than them in it, fact they resent you for it exactly this is her learning to be in the world and mm-hmm. my good thing is tiffany learning the importance of happiness mm-hmm. and having a life filled with more than just the job and like, this is how she is not just going to be granny 2.0 this is right. the main thing because for so far she's been being groomed to be mm-hmm. the new granny weatherwax and this is the essential thing that sets her apart i think yeah because she sees granny and granny is the best witch ever she's the greatest witch that ever there was but she her entire life is pared down to the bone when tiffany goes to see her like the cottage has nothing in it yeah there's 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 a couple of passing jokes about that at some point yeah there's uh, some stuff about uh how she makes bacon soup without putting any bacon Mm -hmm. in it um and there's a, there's a joke about how uh, you could scare could scare away the mice, and Granny says there there aren't any mice, and Tiffany thinks that's because there's probably not any food for them to eat. Yep. Um, and and Granny only has like now she basically has two friends. Mm-hmm. She only had Nanny before, and now Tiffany's obviously her like she's young, but she's still basically her friend. Yeah, but it's that's her whole her whole life is witchcraft, and mm-hmm. there's nothing else to it. That yep. is all that there is, mm-hmm. and. Tiffany sees that, but then she also spends a bunch of time with Nanny in this I book. love that. I oh, love that. It's so good. When it's the Ms. best part of the book. When Miss Treason dies, and it's like, who's she going to go to now? My first thought was, oh, God, Mrs. Earwig doesn't have a pupil anymore. She's going to have to uh-huh. go. Because I couldn't remember. I'd read this before, but it had been years. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't. And Nanny is the perfect choice in this book. Mm-hmm. Because this is the puberty book. This mm-hmm. is the book where she's going to get Nanny and where she needs Nanny. 
well, she needs someone to explain. Like, Tiffany grew up on a farm. She knows what sex is. Yes. Like, she's not, like, she's, she's got not older sheltered. sisters, too. Yeah. Uh, but just because you know, like, physically what sex is. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing as, like, coming to understand attraction and sexuality Mm -hmm. and all of this, all of this kind of stuff. That's not the same as knowing the mechanics of it. Right. And Nanny knows, and Nanny knows what, Nanny knows that it would be kind of cool to have the spirit of winter. Yep. Kind of like, and she kind of tries to draw her out a little bit. Like you, you like it though, don't you? A little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want anything bad to happen, but it's a little flattering though, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Uh, And the time she spends with Nanny really juxtaposes to the time she spends with Granny and the time she spends with Miss Treason. Mm-hmm. Because Miss Treason, even though she's like an amazing witch, uh, she is also pretty much alone. She never, or hardly ever, mm-hmm. what I like is it happens once or twice, lets down the facade of Bafo, mm-hmm. of the, the terrifying witch, even to Tiffany, until the subject of Roland comes up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you have a young man. And, oh, you're a young and man. it even says, like, in, in the text, mm-hmm. it says, suddenly she used a whole different tone. Suddenly she mm-hmm. was almost talking to her woman to woman. There is literally 100 years of age difference between mm-hmm. these two. She's 113 is her actual age. She said she was 111, but she's 113. Or other it way around. the other way around. She yeah, said yeah, yeah. she was 113 because 111 sounded too juvenile. Right. Which was a nice callback to Tiffany being 11. 11, right. It was so good. Right. But... Um, what I'm saying is there's literally a century between these two and she could still put down the facade and talk to her woman to woman. And that was, that was really sweet. It happened, I think twice. Yep. But otherwise she, she doesn't really drop it. So she is nearly not as alone as granny. Cause no one's as alone as granny, yeah. but she is almost as alone as granny. And then no, she's built a whole lifetime on everyone mm-hmm. being terrified of her. And then there's Miss Tick who travels and doesn't have roots. And she just goes mm-hmm. from, from town to town solving witchcraft mysteries. Yeah. Uh, and so when Tiffany sees Nanny, she realizes, oh, you can be a witch and have happiness too. Uh, you can be a witch and fuck. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, let's yeah. be clear. Nanny Og fucks. Oh, constantly. Like, like just, yeah. 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 As, her, the whole, the half as, of Lanker is her As recently child. as a few books ago. <laughs> like her children are all, mm-hmm. you know, the town. <laughs> I mean, her and Casananda, like it was, it was never textual, but come on, mm, come on, it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to dig very far if, into the subtext. If they didn't, they really wanted to and just couldn't because of the plot. Yeah, because stuff kept coming up. Right, but there's been a lot of time between. Yeah, she gets around, and and I've always loved that about her. Yep, That's me too. One of the best, like the best things, is the contrast between her and Granny. Where she says something suggestive and Granny knows what she's talking about, but also doesn't want to acknowledge it. And just, ah, I love that. And I love that we have this sort of side series Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be so, like, closely tied to the other books. But it is. Like, he found a good opportunity to work in Granny and Nanny. There's also a lot of, he's gotten really good at sort of the casual world building. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't feel so deliberate anymore it's just natural miss tick travels around in mail coaches Mm -hmm. which are a thing now yep because of the events of going postal now all over the disc there are mail coaches that are very reliable and we see groat for about 30 seconds people who are indirectly affected by the wintersmith we see 
And Grote now has a girlfriend, which yep. may come up in the next Moist book, which is our next book. Maybe it won't. I don't mm-hmm. know. But there's there's a few little things like that. And it's nice because it doesn't feel so, hey, remember yeah, this guy? No, it, huh? it's, it, you're not being elbowed in the ribs with it. It's just a no. nice sort of... No, this world that yeah. he's built These continues to... exist. Yeah. And again, it'd be very easy to say, this is a separate series. Granny showed up. Granny and Nanny showed up at the end of the first book to say, hey, good job. You saved the day. I'm passing the baton to the next generation kind of thing. But they continue to be a part of this series, and I love that. Did you have more to say about her, like, uh, happiness? I didn't mean to, like... No, no, that was just... That was basically... It was just the idea that you can be good at something, Mm -hmm. and you can do the job in front of you without it consuming you. Which is also something that Granny Aching didn't know. That's true. Uh, Granny Aching was basically alone and all she was was being granny aching yes um i it does it did make me wonder how granny aching who was not connected to this mm-hmm. whole network of witches never took to cackling well i think the idea is that you can learn to be a witch by yourself it's just dangerous right uh, granny actually like um uh, the old witches wouldn't teach Granny because right. she was a pain in the ass. Mm, um, yeah. And so she learned by herself and became super, super powerful. But they said in or in some of the previous books that it was it was really dangerous. The way she did it was like, yeah, not ideal. So you just you have to be naturally inclined to it. To... You have to be gifted, but you right. also have to be lucky. Right. Uh, what else? Okay, so at one point, mm-hmm. this uh, cornucopia shows up. It's yes. one of these sort of accoutrements of, uh, of summer. The other one that I love that shows up is um, Ped Fecundus, which is, uh, there's an old, there's a bunch of old stuff about uh, goddesses and gods. They walk and flowers grow. Yeah, wherever they walk. No, yeah. uh, where-air. Uh, of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was from the book, but mm-hmm. it's also from. I re- it was from a song I did in choir. Okay. Uh, what was did I you think, Morris dance while yeah, you sang I, it? I did not, but it was mm. actually I think about Jesus, where Ugh. where Jesus walked, uh-huh. uh, et cetera, et cetera. That which, guy, which seemed weird. Like, is he? I guess he's a fertility guy. I guess. I mean, so. there's a lot of pagan stuff wrapped yeah. up in in modern Christianity. So, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I was, I can still remember the song, and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what all I, about fucking. Now, what I do know about the odd couple is, no matter where they go, they are known as the couple. They are, and mm-hmm. where there was one set of footprints was where the other odd couple was carrying the first. Where one. air? Where there yes. was one set of footprints. Yes, 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 of course. Uh, but <laughs> Granny and Nanny are both expecting this because it's like a spring. Yeah, and it, and we don't, as the readers, know what's going on. No, They're I just didn't like, know. Tiffany, what's going on with your feet? Take off your shoes and like. Why? Why? What are they getting at here? And Nanny, being extremely practical, takes some onion seeds and puts Tiffany's feet in a a tub of mm-hmm. uh, uh, a tub of dirt with onion seeds and makes them grow. And mm-hmm. she's all excited and she's like, "Oh, I got some carrot seeds too because it's in the middle of winter and right. they, they want fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Very good." But then this uh, cornucopia shows up, which basically so in the previous book, um, she ended up with the different minds from the hiver. Like, still in her mm-hmm. mind. And one of them is Dr. Bustle, the... Dr. Uh, Sensibility Bustle. Yes. The wizard who's good with languages. So now she... And fussy. She can decipher... It's it's nice to sort of add this, like, she's always been good with words mm-hmm. because she memorized the dictionary. And actually, uh, oh, Miss Treason's gift to her is, like, an unexpurgated dictionary. So she can learn 
like the More words. words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like adult also words. Also the fuck words. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but now she also knows languages because mm-hmm. she has this. And I thought that was a nice way to mm-hmm. give her like level up her abilities kind of thing. Um, and he figures out, oh, it's got like disc world version of Greek. Right. Words printed on it that when you say these words, you may basically whatever you say into the thing, it will make. And Tiffany falls asleep and the cat, you walks up and just keeps mewing into it. Mm -hmm. And what it's doing in cat language is asking for chicken. Mm -hmm. And she wakes up and the room is just wall to wall chicken. The plague of chickens. It's so good. He's, he's still in that sweet spot of like silly stuff happens. Yeah. It's, it's really good character stuff and it's really good world building and all of that and good themes. But also he, he doesn't forget the comedy because Mm -hmm. A cat ordering chickens out of a magic food device is that's that's so great. And then at the end, it turns out that Granny took the chickens, and now she's got a chicken coop at her yeah. at her place. And... Yeah, it's just like Nanny with the like trying to grow vegetables. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, Tiffany's going through this, but also we can use this. We can still. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like not take the chickens? No, of course not. Yeah, I mean they're not exactly magic. Mm-hmm. This is as this is a anthropomorphic representation of how it actually happens mm-hmm. in nature but because it's the disc and people believe it's that it happens this way it happens this way and i love that that's still a thing after all this time it's like okay science is a thing and winter and summer happen because of the sun and all of that mm-hmm. but also because people believe in the morris dance and the winter and summer people and all of that stuff it also happens that way and i like that those two things can coexist because of belief that's how things have worked from book one. But talking about sort of the sweet spot between the mm-hmm. serious and the silly, when Miss Treason dies, the whole oh the God. whole sequence of it is funny. Mm-hmm. And it's also... Well, because she knows she's going to die yeah. and everyone's like, no, she's not. Yeah. But she also... And then she sort of fakes her own death early to put mm-hmm. on one last show for everyone. Yeah. Um. And then when she actually does die, it's so sad. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very good. I actually, uh, my um, my actual quote mm-hmm. is before she dies, uh, she's she's settling her affairs. Right. And uh, this is this is her talking about the secret of her longevity. So she says, "Ha! I'm the wicked old witch girl. They feared me, and they did what they were told. They feared jokes, skulls, and silly stories. I chose fear." I knew they'd never love me for telling them the truth, so I made them certain of their fear. No, they'll be relieved to hear the witch is dead. And now I shall tell you something vitally important. It's the secret of my long life. Ah, thought Tiffany. She leaned in forward. The important thing, said Miss Treason, is to stay the passage of the wind. You should avoid rumbustious fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Beans are the worst. Take it Farts. from me. I don't think I understand, Tiffany began. Try not to fart in a nutshell. In a, in a nutshell, I imagine it would be pretty unpleasant," said <laughs> Tiffany nervously. She, yeah, great joke. She couldn't believe she was being told this. This is no joking matter," said Miss Treason. "The human body only has so much air in it. You have to make it last. One plate of beans can take a year off your life. I have avoided rumbustuousness all my days. I'm an old person, and that means what I say is wisdom." She gave the bewildered Tiffany a stern look. "Do you understand, child?" Tiffany's mind raced. "Everything is a test." No, she said. I'm not a child, and that's nonsense, not wisdom. The stern look cracked into a smile. Yes, said Miss Treason. Total gibberish. (laughs) But you've got to admit it's a corker all the same, right? You definitely believed it just for a moment. 
The villagers did last year. You should have seen the way they walked about for a few weeks. So that's, good. That's that great mix again. Mm-hmm. Because this is a very poignant moment. And mm-hmm. she goes on to give her some actual advice. Mm-hmm. But she's also fucking with her. Oh, God. It was so funny. And it's such a good fart joke. It's yeah. so funny. That's the, and- there should be no way to tell a fart joke in, you know, 2008 or whenever this book was written. Like, that. that that's been done yeah, for what, hundreds what, of years. What more is there to say about mm, farts? You know what? <laughs> he found a way. But it feels like that old-timey medicine bullshit, too, where they're yes. like, don't eat yellow food. Yeah, what's his name? Kellogg, the guy yeah. who made cornflakes. Yeah. Like, came up with all kinds of crazy shit like that. But after that, like, a few pages later, we have this sequence of Tiffany dealing with her death. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it goes like this. Tiffany remembered the words he had said over the grave of Granny Aching, what seemed like a lifetime ago. On the summer turf of the Downlands, with the buzzards screaming in the sky, they had seemed to be all there to say, all there was to say. So she said them now. If any ground is consecrate, this ground is. If any day is holy, this day is. She saw a movement, and then Billy Big Chin, the gonagal, scrambled onto the turned earth of the grave. He gave Tiffany a solemn look, then unslung his mouse pipes and began to play. Humans could not hear the mouse pipes very well because the notes were too high, but Tiffany could feel them in her head. A gonagal could put many things in his music. And she felt sunset and autumns and the mist on the hills and the smell of the roses so red they were nearly black. When he had finished, the gonagal stood in silence for a moment, looked at Tiffany again, then vanished. Tiffany sat on a stump and cried for a bit because it needed to be done. Then she went and milked the goats because someone had to do that too. That, oh, that is a oh thing that comes up in pretty much all of his later books up to the very last one the idea that whatever's going on there's still a job in front of you yes. and you have to do it that felt like him dealing with his stuff like yeah. maybe he didn't have his diagnosis yet but it's still very much his philosophy of it's not bad to be sad or deal with whatever's going on but also you have things in front mm-hmm. of you that you need to take care of and i like that i like that a lot and it's very good advice and it has definitely served me at times where I've had trouble and it's like, no, do the job in front of you. But it's also not saying don't be sad. No. He's cause he says being sad and crying about being sad is necessary. Is necessary too. That he uses is the word necessary. Yeah, you need to do that. Yep. But then that can't be it. Yeah. Oh, you have so to get good. on with it. Yeah. And just the mystery mistreason, we meet her in this book and we never meet her again. No, it's one of those characters mm-hmm. that I mean, we only knew her for a third of the book and I, I fell in love with her. Yep. She's so great. I felt the same in the last book about uh, Miss Level. Yes, and I know you didn't care for she her. She didn't that do much. it for me. I really liked her. Mysteries and I loved. Yeah, um, but I've I've enjoyed all her teachers so far, and hopefully I don't remember the next two, but hopefully that will continue. No, this follows with a, a sequence that you wanted to highlight about because uh, Granny watches. Granny's watching all of this from the shadows, mm-hmm. um, and she pops up and says to Tiffany. Uh, you didn't do a, a bad job at the burial, I, I'll say that. And then Tiffany says, I did a good job. That's what I said, Granny said. No, Tiffany said, still trembling, you didn't. She's the only person who calls Granny out on this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, Nanny does occasionally. A, a little bit. Usually Nanny will nudge her. Like, she knows yeah. her headology enough to, to get her where she needs to be. But she doesn't challenge her openly very often. That's one of the things that I like about Tiffany is yes. how brave she is brave but also stubborn to a fault like granny yeah where and this is something i it's been in other books but i really noticed it in this one when tiffany thinks something is hers Mm -hmm. she's like 
selfishly, meanly irrational. Oh, that was the, the whole first book. Hers. Yeah. I like that. In this, the Wintersmith um, is finding her through the horse charm that Roland gave her in the previous book. Oh, God, that bit where Granny makes her throw it mm-hmm. off the bridge was hard to read, mm-hmm. like in a good way. But it was heartbreaking because it's like Tiffany has nothing. This is all she has. But it's also something that's hers. That's what I mean. Tiffany can't, like she she can't get rid of something that's hers yeah, because and it's literally the only thing she's carrying with her that is that. Yep, that's what I'm saying. And it's the only thing she has that's as well as belonging to her, which for her is enough. Yeah. Like if some once something belongs to her, it doesn't matter. It belongs to her, and she is like. Like the child, I will say, as a, a child from a big family, when you have something that's yours, mm-hmm. it is it does it doesn't matter. It's yours, and no one else can have it because right. it's yours, and you don't have anything, and that thing is yours. Right. But also, it's the only thing she has that's sort of pretty and unnecessary. Like that whole mm-hmm. idea of you know finding yeah. happiness and and not right. just being the job. And Granny doesn't care about that. No. That said, there was a previous book mm-hmm. where Granny thought she was leaving and mm-hmm. had a box of things yep. that were unnecessary mm-hmm. she's got a part of that like she just doesn't it just, acknowledge it's, it it's also anyone. small yeah and she hides it whereas tiffany doesn't and right. it throughout the book she comes to realize she doesn't have to no uh we need to start wrapping things up here you got any final thoughts um okay i know i did i already read that thing but i've got it my actual okay quote. i read i read a couple of passages yeah, because this is oh, yeah, another this is another one of those books where i was reading it for quotes and then i was uh-huh. like oh fuck and you get I'm pulled just, back into reading I'm just, it another I'm time just yeah. reading the book i just finished I reading just, it and i'm reading it again i'm reading it again because it's really good and i like this book very yeah. much no it's very good all of the later books like we once we passed whatever book that was where i said everything here is great i stand by that um so I'm reading basically what's the climax of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wintersmith um, takes Tiffany back to like his wintry realm, and mm-hmm. they're going to stay there forever. Realms. Um, realms. You love realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has to defeat him. And she doesn't... She has to because it's her job. And, right. And also she's Summer, and that's also Summer's job. Right. Uh, but she's heartbroken because he's trying to be a person and he keeps doing these things i had mixed feelings about that it felt a lot like the same ground that was covered with the auditors Mm -hmm. trying to be human but i felt like this was a better go at it it felt like a lot of the same to me but it was there was some good stuff in there and we had a more personal connection which made what made it different because tiffany saw it and you know like reacted to it so what do you got but so this is where she actually like uh defeats him okay um where this takes me i choose to go she told herself letting the warmth pour into her i choose this i choose to do i'm going to stand on tiptoe and i'm going to have to stand on tiptoe she added thunder on my right hand lightning on my left fire above me please she said take the winter away go back to your mountains please frost in front of me no i am the winter i cannot be anything else then you cannot be human said tiffany the last three lines are strength enough to build a home, time enough to hold a child, love enough to break a heart. Balance. And it came quickly, out of nowhere, filling her up inside. The center of the seesaw does not move. It feels neither upness nor downness. It is balanced. Balance. And his lips were blue, like blue ice. She'd cry later for the wintersmith who wanted to be human. Balance. And the old Kelda had once told her, there's this little bitty place inside of ye that will not melt and flow. Time to thaw. She shut her eyes and kissed the wintersmith and drew down the sun, frost a fire and that took so many pieces 
of mm-hmm. so many books and so much stuff that had happened in this book yep. and just tied them up into this like into like a like a true climax arc yeah. of No, he's yeah. he's gotten so good at telling a story at at, at weaving all the pieces mm-hmm. together at We've talked about the thematic echoes, mm-hmm. and that's remained true since you pointed it out yep. five books ago. He's just been consistently good at it ever since. But this is just pieces that didn't feel like set up and pay off mm-hmm. turn out yeah. that they are. Yeah. And it feels like he sees the themes and story beats in his own writing and then pulls them in rather than sort of necessarily plotting them out in a way that feels kind of structured it this feels like it I mean, happens 35 books in he yeah. probably just has a second you know yeah. feel for it like a like a like a sixth sense or whatever but this just feels it all felt very organic and yeah. i love how magic is described in this book the mm-hmm. the danger of it and the whole point of it is being at the center of things right with witchcraft oh it's just so oh no and then i want to talk about the winner no we, no. Gotta, we gotta stop because i want to talk about the winner's and trying to become human and the whole uh, iron enough to make a nail but we have to stop yes we need to we need to wrap things it's up so good yes it's quite good the, the ring at the end Ugh. okay talk about it then no that's it we have to go okay uh well then did you pick us a uh, pune or play on words? Indeed, I did. Uh, what do you got? You put the book away. I did. I was foolish. Put the book away prematurely. I did. That's okay. Premature I f- book ejaculation. I forgot to do the cliche count, and I looked for it while you were reading your quote. Ah, so. well, good use. Good use. You, if you, <laughs> you, no one would have known if you hadn't yeah. brought it up. Uh, okay, so here's our pune. There's not a lot of laughs in the underworld. This one used to be called limbo. You can because the door was very low terrible limbo uh-huh <laughs> very bad good excellent superb very bad so the cliche count was almost nothing yeah we like we normally do the pantomime call out the cliches mm-hmm. but we didn't really have an opportunity in this one one gingerly mm-hmm. that's it that's it none of the other staples are it's in there weird. at all no it's because he's to the point where he's not leaning on his crutches anymore maybe at this point some smart ass like us pointed out hey you use these words a lot or maybe his editor finally mm-hmm. woke up and said, hey, maybe maybe something could be surreptitious a few mm-hmm. fewer times. How about that? But you can find and replace. Yeah. yeah. One gingerly is sufficient. Yep. But otherwise... One gingerly in a book is totally fine. Yeah. It's just now it's funny to yeah. us no matter what. There was... Wasn't there one where it had like seven? Yes. Like, like he, no shit. It yeah. was... And it was... Se- and like were four of like them the same, were like yeah, in the same in the chapter. Of the it was book. too much. Yeah. Well, that's too much, man. Chapters he doesn't do chapters. You know, what I in mean. these books he does, yeah. but he hates. He hated like famously. There's a bunch of quotes from him. Like I don't know. That's a... <laughs> then the next part of the story happened. There's no chapters. That's so weirdly specific. It reminds me of um, they might be giants wanting music videos not to be about what the songs are about. Yeah, like, it's it doesn't, very much like, like that. It doesn't matter, man. It no, doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. And if someone's like, but also they're gonna publish his book anyway. Yeah. What's the damn difference? So yeah. Uh, okay, so. My grade, I like this very much, but I had some problems with it. I give it a B plus. It was an A. This is one of this is one of my top my top mm. books. I love this one. Uh, one final thing, two final things, mm-hmm. very quick, uh, that were funny to me. One that it had nothing to do with anything yep. that I loved is that Tiffany made a cheese that is now alive. Yes, Horace. That's just a a dumb detail. He that lives exists. with the Feagles now. It doesn't. It doesn't pay off. It doesn't do anything. It's just, here's a funny thing, and it is funny. Um, and he comes back. He's in yeah. 
and subsequent books. The the other thing was when I was listing the things that I liked about the Feagles, we didn't even talk about them. We don't have time to get into it. That they bring her a romance novel. Yes, that so was that she funny. can learn about romance. Yep. And she reads this sort of bodice ripper, mm-hmm. and the well actually nerd in her is like, that's not how sheep farming works because it's about a shepherdess. Yeah. And then she's like, oh wait. But then also. You know, her it's loins get boners. to tingling and she's, she, oh, and she, she reads like a hundred pages before mm-hmm. bed. And I love that sequence very much. So that's another good thing the Feagles did. All right. That's all for this time. Yeah. I could talk about this book for a hundred hours. We need well, to stop. That's, that's not, we're at an hour now. That is, that is how many hours we've decided to do. We need to stop. Yes. All right. Uh, next time is the second Moist von Lichtfig book, uh, Making Money. This one's okay. I don't like it as much as the first one. We'll see. Yeah. Sometimes when we revisit these books, we have different opinions. We will see. Reading them all in a row like this definitely gives me a different perspective yep. than before, where I read them largely in a row, but then I would take a bunch of breaks. Mm-hmm. You and I have not gone more than a month between books at the absolute most. It's usually we jump right into the next one. Once or twice, life intervenes and we take a little break, but not much. No, we're, we're pretty much just one to the next. And we're, been, honestly, yeah. we're probably going to like race through the last, yeah. last couple of months. You're hearing this in like 2021 or even 2022 at this point. And like we're, we're back in the dark times of the coronavirus quarantine. Mm-hmm. So the last six books are going to go by real quick for us. We're just going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2020 and 2021. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcasts.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com slash algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.